When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. The trade deadline has come and gone. Seven players have been shipped out and for now, just two players are coming back. So... We are going to run through the pros and cons of each move made by President Brad Stevens at the deadline. Joining us for all of that and more, Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how you doing, sir? Hello, Ben. Very well, thank you. It's isn't it refreshing to have something to discuss on um, deadline day other than other teams' deals? Yeah, no longer blue balled by our, our <laughs> president. It's it's very uh, satisfying, yeah. might I say. The ghost of Danny Ainge <laughs> has been completely expunged, expunged all the way over to uh, to Utah. There, thankfully. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, quick announcement before we get started here. Our friend and co-host Wayne Spoonie is launching a new sub-series podcast on our feed, on our existing podcast feed. The title is in the works, but we're honing in on something like a spoonful of Celtics or Celtic spoon fed or some sort of spoon fun. I think you get the idea. Anyway, Spoonie really knows his shit. Uh, he's very well loved and respected among us and among people on Celtics Reddit and Twitter and whatnot. So we're really looking forward to this one. We're recording the first episode tomorrow, so that should be up on our feed in about 24 hours. In the meantime, Jackson, let's get into these Celtics deadline delights, and we're going to start with trade number one in order of significance, I might say, and in that, we'll start Mm -hmm. with this one. The Celtics get Derek White, the Spurs get Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, the Celtics' top four protected 2022 first-round pick. And the Celtics' top one protected 2028 first-round pick. That's a pick swap, mind you. Um, Let's start with the pros, Jackson. Let's run through our pros together, and then we'll end on the negatives, the cons, and we're going to repeat the same format for the remaining trades. So give me your first pro for this trade. The pro. um, I just really like Derek White as a player. Hey, Huge pro. It was... (laughs) It's a shrewd signing because signing swap because I mean I didn't see anyone making any noise about this at all. If you had a post on the sub and I'd missed it, my apologies. But no, I just I didn't see anything. But like you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, you know. Dejounte Murray is obviously the starting point guard in the future of the Spurs. I think we all kind of like had this romantic idea that we might be able to get him. Wasn't happening. But Derek White, a completely serviceable, solid, you know, good player. We needed a defense. I mean, we wanted to bolster defense to keep up with, you know, the best defense in the league that we have now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm just, I'm just so pleasantly surprised when I saw it. So the biggest, you know, pro for me is just, he's just a great player. And I think he's going to fit really, really well um, with this team. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it, right? To like, to roll up all the pros into one, he's just solid and certainly the best player in the deal. Uh, six, five as a combo guard, 6'8 wingspan, 
comfortable playing on or off the ball, strong track record of, you know, a solid passing game and excellent off-ball movement, part of that sort of mm. Spurs family. You know, he has tenure with Udoka and, you know, with the Spurs, obviously, but also Tatum and Brown and Smart for Team USA as well. Jackson, I've just rattled off like three of my pros <laughs> at once. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me shoot it back to you. What's, what's your next pro for this move? I mean, if you, I know, I know the swap was for Richardson, but like, let's face it, this is this is a this is a Schroeder replacement. This is the guy coming in to take Schroeder's yes. minutes and slotting into the offense, right? So, I mean, the stats are pretty comparable if you look at it. I mean, the only, the, the probably the one thing that I like more than anything else, you know, five point six assists to Schroeder's four point two. That's very good to see. Um, less turnovers, albeit marginally. Um, I, I'm just really excited because my best mate is a Spurs fan and he, you know, talked about Derek White, you know, quite a bit. He had a nickname for him that I'm not going to repeat on here. It was nothing too suspect, but I just, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you Please what Please tell that. me um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> definitely will. Um, I, I feel like his, I feel like his, um, his receding hairline with like crazy, like, you know, young Einstein Afro is going to sort of catch on. I think people are going to like fashion themselves some wigs and make that around. So I can see him being really embraced by... Really impressed by um, but by the uh, by the team, and uh, you know, by all accounts, like it just seems like a great guy. I'm not hearing that from anywhere, but just well, his demeanor. He seems very he seems very smiley, and he seems very you know, pleasant to be around. So you know, it, we don't have to worry about him like you know nuking the chemistry in any way, shape, or form. I don't think. I think coming from the Spurs, you're predisposition to having like a team you know, mentality. So yeah. I think he'll bring that to us and I think that'll fit really nicely. Yeah. Well, where we are uh, hearing people sing his praises, and this is my next pro, is uh, San Antonio Spurs fans jumping into the Boston Celtics subreddit, just singing the dude's mm. praises, which I don't think I've ever seen with any player departure or acquisition. I've, I've never seen multiple fans of the of the departing team pop into our subreddit and say, please take care of our baby, essentially. With no mention yeah. of Romeo Langford, by the way, like how how's this guy that we're getting? Just like no, please take care yeah. of my baby. Um, so that obviously bodes well. To getting to a couple of Reddit comments on the pro side. So user indubitably good sir submitted this post titled a comparison of Richard and Richardson and White rather. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you're looking at this post right now. But the gist for those who are listening. White is signed for an additional two years, so four years in total, at an average of $17 million per year. He's a year younger than Josh Richardson. His box score averages are higher, uh, admittedly on an extra five minutes per game, but still much more impressive to look at and hopefully in our near future to experience as well. Uh, and in your advanced stats, so Raptor, Box, Defensive Plus Minus, and LeBron, White is noticeably higher in each of those stats. And just quickly, Jackson, to continue on the, the Reddit comments here, LL Brandflakes, another post, Schroeder versus White per 36. More assists, fewer turnovers is, is the gist of that post. Mm-hmm. This is greater overall efficiency uh, and less suck ass as we've grown to experience from, from Dennis Schroeder there. And finally, Gavin L12 wrote, Derek White has had an overall down year shooting the ball from deep, only shooting 31.4% on 5.3 attempts compared to 34.6%. Still not great on 6.8 attempts, although lately he may have found his stroke as he's shooting 47.8% from three. That's 11 from 23 in his last four games. Small sample, I know, but it's nice to know that shooting ability is there. 
His career high for three-point percentage is 36.6%, blah, 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 blah. If he can regress to the mean and shoot essentially his career average, he's going to be great for the team. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts there? Seems to be finding his form the same time as the way we are too. So, you know, another, you know, good bit of synergy Already there. Sync. You know? <laughs> yeah, the vibes are flowing. <laughs> Everyone gets on the... <laughs> I also looked up. Uh, I also looked up um, binge Derek White highlights, as I'm sure we all did, and I didn't find one clip of him doing the walk the dog um, ball can't be found. up the court <laughs> two and five minutes into the second quarter. Yeah, it doesn't seem to exist. So that's a positive as well, too. I'm in favor of that. Yeah. So rounding it out with the final pros from this particular trade, I think we've been we've been pretty thorough in this. But any any others that stand out mm-hmm. for you, Jackson? Um, he was number four in San Antonio, so he'll probably. Probably wear number four here, unless we can sign somebody else. Maybe we'll get to that later. So um, I don't know. We have a history of uh, of good point guards who wear the number four. So you know, I think that's I think that bodes well. If he in fact does, Carson four, Edwards excluded, will. but uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, high outside. Oh, no, Carson Edwards definitely <laughs> included. <that. laughs> uh, the only other pro that I had is that we we may have sold high on peak Jay Rich because if you remember when we acquired him in the off season. Mm. It had a, a down year in Dallas and a down year, I guess, the year before as well. And it was kind of, I don't want to say frowned upon, but it was like, okay, like, what are we hoping to get out of this guy? Like, clearly he's done. And then he performed really well, shot, I don't know, I think roughly 40% from three and was a good culture guy. You know, we saw those clips of the team weightlifting after victories and he just seemed like a good locker room guy. But Mm. I, the, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that we would actually trade him at the trade deadline for Derek White, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, so it, it might be like a good, um, like I guess, project and then flip, like how people like will buy houses and, and renovate them and flip them. I feel like we've done the same with uh, with Josh Richardson there. So a huge, huge pro coming out of this one. Should we move on to the cons? Absolutely. Yeah, why Hit not? Because I think there are a couple of- I think there are a couple yeah, of Yeah, let's them. go. Um the three-point shooting percentage, which I know we touched upon there, you know, is, is a little concerning because, you know, if there's one thing that this team needs, it's it's shooting. Um, you know, two-point percentage, pretty good. 52%, I think, maybe? Anyway, um, but yeah, as you touched upon there, th- uh, 31% from three um, this year, although trending in the right direction. So, you know, that doesn't fill me with a great deal of excitement, but I think what else he brings to the table is going to sort of, you know, offset that. And if he is finding a stroke, then awesome. Um, I think you probably will agree with me here that the the overall draft capital yes. that we had to sink to get this, I would, I would have been fine with next year's pick, Langford and and uh, Richardson, no problem at all. When that pick swap came out, it just made me go, hmm, I don't like, I, I, it, it makes you, particularly when it's that far in the future, because you just don't know. You just don't know what we're going to look like. So to see that there is a pick swap attached, although top one protected, I didn't see that. So that makes me feel slightly <laughs> Sub safety there. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah. Um, that gives me a little bit of cause for concern. But again, it's so far in the future. I don't think it's worth really worrying about when, you know, what we're getting now is a, player that we all can agree upon is going to be good for us. But it does make you just go a bit, mm, I don't know. I don't know quite about that. But I don't know. What, what about you? What well, do you think? The worst part of all of that is that it forces you to think about life in 2028, not just for the team, That's but true, for yeah. yourself. <laughs> and, you know, Jason Tatum's going to be 30 that year. So how fucking old will we be then? I don't say mm. it out loud, but pretty old. <laughs> and that is an uncomfortable position to be put in, Brad Stevens. So that's a huge con. Um but yeah, I mean, a top one protected 2028 pick, I guess the plus side of that is he's basically saying, like, I know I'm confident in the moves that I'm making. I know we're going to be mm. awesome then. 
surrounding a prime Jason Tatum and, and you know, I guess a 32-year-old Jalen Brown at that point, having won multiple championships, maybe like there's a lot of confidence in, in saying like, ah, oh, we won't really need the pick. We don't really care swapping about swapping at that point. Well, they won't want to swap with us, rather. Um, the, yeah. the, the downside of that is he's saying like, I'm going all in here. And if it doesn't work by the time it gets to 2028, I won't have the job anyway. So it's someone else's problem. <laughs> it's our problem, Jackson. I feel like all the I feel like all the all the picks that are getting thrown about now are like 20, 27, 2028, 2029. And you're right; it does make you think. Like, what happened to all the draft picks between now and you know the next five years? They all just seem to have evaporated. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like giving. I wonder if they're like we have like that one in particular. We know it's going to be that's going to be a down year. <laughs> like it's some sort of he's he, like he sees the future, but I don't know. Um. Yeah. It is. That's a little bit concerning. But other than that, no, it doesn't really bother me if, if you if you don't think about it too yeah, much. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's it's future us's problem and while we won't have a first round Mm. pick this year you know there's still 2023 through to 2027 and whether that's that is us picking prospects through the draft or rolling them up into a trade for a superstar there's still significant draft capital there but brad stevens has shown a uh, a penchant, if you will, for just giving up draft picks, and that's the antithesis of of Danny Ainge. So it's hard to complain because every trade deadline, like you sort of talked about up the top there, Jackson, like any Danny Ainge trade line, it was always blue balls. It was always this lack of mm. sort of satisfaction. And now, like Brad Stevens is almost shooting from the hip if you factor in the the off season as well. So I, I guess we can't complain because this is all we ever wanted. There's a, a user, isc 27 who posted, anyone else super soured on non-premium picks? And they're going to say, like, I simply do not care. I'm really happy to only have a very small number of young developing players. As for the details around de- the Derek White deal, I'm fine with it. We may even have slightly overpaid, but it's just an overall good vibe to me. I'm, I'm big on measuring things on the vibe, by the way. Uh, he goes on to say, fuck them picks. War, Marcus Smart. <laughs> um, so I guess it really comes down to how you value picks, and and certainly Brad Stevens is on the opposite end of the spectrum there to to Danny Ainge. Yeah. Um, what are the cons have you got with this trade before we move on, Jackson? Well, I mean, I, I was very much on the precipice of giving up on Romeo Langford forever. I think most people already had. I still was was still holding out a little bit of hope that he would he would he would, he would come good, but um, um, you know, kind of seeing him go. I mean, being in being a Celtics fan and seeing the guys that you 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 know you draft and you have so high hopes for them and then they end up like going away, you know, it feels like a little piece of you sort of dies and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we weren't really getting a great deal from him, so um, you know that that's less of a less of a, of a con than I suppose getting rid of Josh Richardson. You know, I I you're right. We've already talked. We've already touched on this before. But um, yeah, he, he ended up being way way better for the team and a way better uh, contributor than I um I figured. So you know, there is that little that that fear that maybe we will lose something by getting rid of him, even if it's just like a, a locker room yeah. presence. But um, again, I, I I'm trying to talk this con up because I really just don't think there are many. I think Derek White for the price is is pretty ace to be honest. Yeah, Derek White is a he's a piece, right? And he's signed for multiple mm. years as is Daniel Tice, who we'll get to in a second. And, you know, <laughs> whether it's six-man or, or part of the starting lineup, you know, he he's a legitimate piece with pedigree in the league. And, you know, like we said, he's played for Team USA. He's played for Pop. He's played for Yudoka. It's it's that pedigree. If you, if you watch the highlights, and shout-out to Timmy for, like, getting on that highlight post mere minutes after the, the deal was made, he has a really 
awesome combination of passing and moving and cutting and really things that fall in line with the way that our offense has looked in the past, like whatever our winning streak is now, six games. So very Mm. welcome and and compatible piece there. Uh, Keith Smith tweeted out sort of after the dust settled today, Boston put together a lot of potential salary matching in a deal or deals this summer. They got better today. He says, I really like Derek White, but themselves but themselves up to really do some stuff some stuff this summer. I think that must be a, a typo there. Basically putting <laughs> ourselves in a, in a good position to to do some stuff this summer with all of the, the variations in contract sizes that we have on the books at the moment. So really good to see. Um do you think Derek White starts? Do you think he is a six man? What do you think his role is immediately on the team? I I envision him starting eventually, but I don't think you mess with this starting lineup at the moment. You know, considering we haven't been behind in a game for what three and a half games, yeah, or whatever it is, like that that tells you that the opening unit sets the table quite well for for the rest of the game, sets the tone quite well. So I don't think you mess with that whatsoever. Um, I I, I love the idea of him, you know, like taking Schroeder's minutes coming off the bench and running that second unit, or you know, slotting in next to Marcus Smart, probably in like in like clutch situations. I, I love the versatility that he can bring us, um, but I don't think he's probably going to start just yet. I think Adoka loves that double big lineup and obviously you're not going to drop the Jays. So um, yeah, I think I think we won't be seeing him starting just yet. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'll come off the bench, maybe first off the bench, but um, I guess the main takeaway is that the Derek White, Marcus Smart minutes will, in my mind, be way less damaging than the Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart minutes. So that's something to look forward totally. to. Trade number two, the Rockets get Bruno Fernando, RIP, Enos Freedom, and Dennis Schroeder. The Celtics get Daniel Tice. Shout out to Fungos. Amazing, Yay. amazing vibes on, on Twitter and Reddit today. Uh, hit me with your pros here of this one, if I haven't already called out the obvious. Dust, dust prodigal son returning. <laughs> the great now. German exchange. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go obscure. I love that Enos Freedom's last contri- contribution for us was a three in an absolute curb stomping of the Nets, <laughs> and also that Bruno Fernando's last play was that huge dunk. That was um, that was awesome. Um, I, I love the fact that we're getting Daniel Tice back. To be perfectly honest, you know how much is he going to contribute to this team? I don't know. Is he going to be the same guy that we had two, three years ago? I don't know. The fact that he's played for us before, he knows Brad, he knows the Jays, he knows Smart, he knows how to play with these guys. You know, I, I want to see those those elite seals that he sets for Tatum to cut to the basket yes. more. I wonder if Tatum's getting to the basket stat is going to like jack up a lot more now. I hope it does. That would be fantastic. So, um, you know, the 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 pro for this one is you know just having a bit of familiarity back. You know, maybe he's if he, if anything he's reliable. He's a solid defender. He's a solid rebounder. Um, you know, if he can't shoot the three, he never really could shoot the three, could he? I, I remember him hitting them, but I don't think it's, it's his strong suit. But I, I just, I, I like the fact that, you know, in terms of like the third big, it's now not, we don't have to rely on, on Enos Freedom anymore. You know, Daniel Tice is a, is a huge upgrade. So yeah, just, just, just being, just being a better big than the bigs that we sent out, I would summarize as my main pro. Yeah. Yeah. It's an upgrade at, at that spot. Like Cantor, Freedom, mm. Uh, was not very good, to put it politely. He sucked. No. <laughs> um, and it was very funny. I don't know if you saw the tweets. He had that speaking tour of Florida booked for the, the date sort of immediately beyond the trade deadline. And, you know, it was sort of posted online like, oh, okay, I wonder if he has like an inkling as to what's, you know, what his immediate fate is. And uh, clearly he did because now he's more than available having been waived by the, the Rockets to uh, attend those dates. So good luck, uh, Enos Freedom. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered all of my pros there. I think the one I would add is more Peyton Pritchard, potentially. You know, we've got Derek White mm. in the Schroeder or the Richardson spot. Those are two guards, but with Tice back, there's, there's not necessarily a second guard there to fill in. So, maybe a little bit more Pritchard, maybe a little bit more Neesmith. There's sort of a logical gap for those guys to, to fill, and maybe they do it by committee. But I'm particularly excited to see... Uh, what Pritchard can bring to the team with maybe a, a more permanent uh, allotment of minutes with Schroeder gone. Mm. Um, and you mentioned the, the seal screens. I, I do think that Tatum had a, a dip in his shooting at the rim numbers immediately after we got rid of, of Tice and then had to kind of learn to, to score and, and get open and get better looks on that part of the court uh, himself. And now Tice is back, so maybe we can combine the two and we have elite the seal slash finishing at the rim numbers for for Tatum there. We'll see. And uh and Fungos, yeah. like I mentioned, is the the obvious pro takeaway from from this acquisition. The only other thing I, that makes me worry. So we're we gonna get on to cons. We're gonna br- brush through the cons when you're real ready. quick. Yeah. I I wonder if I wonder if we re inherit the war on Tice. <laughs> I wonder if was- <laughs> I wonder if opponents free throw free throw shooting just rockets back up, you know, pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, my prevailing memory of Tice, you know, other than, you know, uh, having having peroxide blonde hair that one game <laughs> is just the amount of fouls that he got. So yeah, if, if that continues, then, well, that sucks, I guess. But um, eh, I, I don't know. I, I don't care. It's good. It's just good to have, it's good to have some, you know, a familiar, reliable player back. Yeah, there are a few cons. The war on Tice was the first one I had listed. No more Bruno Fernando. <laughs> I feel like, you know, we talked about Richardson being a, a consummate vibesman i think that bruno fernando could be categorized as such um but you know good good riddance and 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 best of luck in the in the future bruno (laughs) there are some who say that tice is a negative value contract earning roughly nine million per year until 2025 but it's a team option in that final (laughs) year i think it sort of fits more into you know our our um a collection of tradable contracts there. So I'm not feeling too negative about it. And the fact that he has tenure and, and rapport with the team, I think it's maybe less bad value for us than it might be for a team like the Rockets. Um, one other con I'll throw at you, Jackson. We could at least th- throw Enos Freedom at guys like Embiid, just a body with six fouls and causing some sort of disruption, whether it be physically or psychologically particularly in, in Freedom's mm. case. Um, we don't really have that anymore. We've seen Tice get absolutely owned by the larger bigs in the league, you know, throughout his tenure with Boston. So that that's a bit of a worry, but there are a number of um, slots on the roster that need to be filled. So perhaps that we can a- address that um, between now and, and when we play Philly, which is very, very soon. Any other cons from mm. this one before we move on? Nothing that comes to mind. No, yeah, no. I'm, again, it's, I'm, 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 I'm pretty high on all these trades. Yeah. To be honest, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, these are these are all pretty sweet. The, the one dampener really is that that 2028 pick swap. But um, I guess, mm. like we said, the takeaway is like we don't have to worry about that in the immediate future, and we'll be very old and very grey by that point in time. So um, let's just put it out of our minds. Let's move on to trade three, shall we? The final trade. The Celtics are trading or have traded now. PJ Dozier. And Bull Bull, a future second and cash to the Magic for a second round pick, which apparently is like super high protected and will never convey. Um, Dozier mm. and Bull are both out for the season, so it's a cost saving move for the Celtics. 
And a Reddit user, Ghost of Jiri Welsh, wrote, I know you all are going to cry about it, but this is a good move. Doesn't mean we're done necessarily. And this was obviously before everything else that happened today. And, um, you know, by gosh, was, was that user right? There was so much more to go, including the Derek White mm-hmm. acquisition there. Um, I, I feel call. like this is going to be short, Jackson, but let's, let's run through the pros and cons of this minimal trade, please. <laughs> I'll start with the con. I really wanted to see Bol Bol, even if yes. it was like 30 seconds in garbage time. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the Bol Bol experience at least one time. So the fact that we were deprived of that kind of sucks. Um, I think this, this move, it gave us the flexibility to, uh, to, to get Tyson, to, you know, to jettison Schroeder. Obviously, I don't think that was like conditional on that happening, but, um, it puts us under the tax now. Is that correct? correct? Absolutely correct. Yes. Yes. So that was pivotal in that there. Um, but yeah, I think it goes. I think it goes to show that like us on a Celtics podcast, the very episode after the trade happened, I think it took us about fifty-seven minutes of an hour yeah. <laughs> podcast to remember. That I think this we happened. all knew so- this would be the outcome. I think that was yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. So um, yeah, no, I mean, seems like seems like the necessary move to make. Um, and yeah, it was again. It's a it's a pass for me. Yeah, pass with flying colors. You pretty much yeah. hit on all my points there, Jackson. The only other pro I'd add is that it opens up additional roster spots for potential buyouts. Um, mm. The con, the remaining con being that a healthy PJ Dozier would have been a good ad, but he's not healthy, so it's redundant. Um, speaking of those mm. buyout candidates, let's just move on directly to that. So Brian Robb t- tweeted out today, the Celtics will need to sign at least two players ahead of tomorrow's game with the Nuggets. Look for Sam Hauser and Broderick Thomas to be in uniform as well. And Jackson, there are a number of buyout candidates or free agents on the market. I'll just rattle off a couple of names for you here, if you don't mind. Gary Harris, uh, Robin Lopez, who, uh, if they haven't already been bought out by the Magic, they're allegedly uh, about to be bought out. Isaiah Thomas, you may have heard of him. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Hauser, who, you know, it sounds like by all accounts, he, his contract is going to be converted to, uh, you know, a, a legit NBA contract. And DeAndre Bembry, who the Nets yep. just bought out with all of their movements today. Any of those names or any other names that I haven't mentioned that, that stand out to you as far as buyout candidacy is concerned? Well, I think I think the the ultimate fantasy is as we bring Isaiah Thomas back, um, just how productive and how important of a member of the team he could be. I know we've been over this before, but you know, you, you want to see it, don't you? You just you just you just really hope that it happens. Um Sam Hauser feels inevitable, you know, the way he's been, you know, tearing up the G League. You know, you just you just pray that it's going to you know, translate to at least a few NBA games. Um, so that would be nice. Gary Harris. I mean, the only other thing I can think of that we obviously need at the moment is is shooting. And I think Gary Harris can give you that that three and D sort of you know player profile. One that you didn't mention there, and I know he's not like bought out specifically, but I mean, given the fire sale that's going on in Portland, I think you would have to consider Ben McLemore. He does play for Portland. Right? Uh, for Portland, uh, yeah, I think you're right. We can we can solve yeah, this so that with a Houston. quick Google. But yeah. Uh, Please help me out because I thought I did was so yeah, research for this. It's Portland. I may, I may have dropped Current the ball. Team, Portland Trailblazers. Cool. There you go. Yeah, yeah nice. I think million. he's shooting something like, yeah, I think he's shooting like, yeah, uh, 38% from three or thereabouts. You know, I mean, it, it wouldn't move the needle. It wouldn't be a seismic move. But I mean, in terms of like guys that like are potentially available, you know, that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know... We, we were thinking of all the guys that we could get and that we needed and like, you know, none of us sort of saw Derek White in front of us, you know, probably whether we didn't think he was available yeah. or whatnot. So, you know, if there is a guy out there who is going to help us, I, I have a lot of faith after this, after this 
the last 24, 48 hours that Brad Stevens really has his finger on the pulse and really knows what he's doing. So if we do get a guy, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, the right one or it's going to be a high upside uh, kind of guy. So if it's, if it's what happens to be a guy on that list, sweet. Um, if it's not, um, you know, I, I trust, I trust Brad to, to make the right move, to be honest. Anyone, anyone on there that you that you're particularly fond yeah, of? Yeah, DeAndre Bembry. I when that was posted on the Celtics subreddit, my comment was like, "Well, we need shooters, so you know he doesn't really fit." And I was called out, and apparently he's shooting basically fifty percent from the corners this year, and like yeah, has right. found his stroke a little bit. And you know, with the personnel we have on the roster, he'd get similar open looks, I suppose. So. Um, I guess the only worry there is there'd be other suitors who are less concerned with the tax or are further under the tax who could offer more money. Because essentially with any of these mm. guys, for us to remain under the tax, we've got to basically just pay them and they have to accept vet minimum. Um, so Gary Harris, there's whispers of him maybe going back to Denver. I think they're dealing with the same tax avoidance issues as well. So it might come down to just his personal mm. choice. But Harris, for me, you know, given that we... Got rid of Schroeder and Richardson and only brought back one guard, Gary Harris or Bembry with their defensive acumen and their obvious shooting acumen would be a huge acquisition for us. You mentioned Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> like if there was ever going to be a time and we haven't even mentioned the curse and the, you know, the fact that the curse is still well and truly alive and we've discussed with you know, Dr. Charles Ulysses Nesbitt Thorpe on the podcast before, you know, how to unravel and how to undo the curse. Give him a 10-day. Like, why not? He probably won't get any yeah. playing time anyway. You know, the garden's full. There's no sort of COVID restrictions on crowds at the moment. He gets to walk in there. He'll put his number four back on. Number four is available. I don't know. Like, there's yeah. no, har- no harm done at this point. And I-, I need to give a shout out to everyone on Celtics Reddit who has posted that because it's an automatic downvote you know, uh, tractor beam. You will get downvoted if you post about signing Isaiah Thomas. But now more than ever, I feel like it's like it could happen because why not? We we need to sign yeah. people, even if it's just a ten day. We can deal with other buyout candidates later in the season. You saw the you saw the uh, the ovation and the vibe that when you know Joe Johnson came back and hit a yeah. three. Like, can you imagine if Isaiah came back and did that? What if we did it on KG's? Oh. Jersey retirement the vibes. <laughs> that would that would be that would be out of control. Like I just I I don't care if it doesn't make any sense or if it doesn't work out. I'd be in favor of it. You know, we've been over it so many times. It it is what it is. I think it's I think I think everyone wants to see it no matter how it plays out. So yeah, why not? Why not do it? We need we need we need bodies. We need people on the court. So I'm sure he can yeah. do that for at least a few minutes. Yeah, a we night. need physical human bodies with cells and atoms and Isaiah Thomas, you know, fits that description. So now's, now's the time, yeah. Brad. Let's, let's make it happen. Undo the curse. Um, before we wrap up very quickly, what do you think of this Harden-Simmons trade that went down today? Obviously, you know, it's in our conference, <laughs> it's in our division it affects us. And yeah. there's an Australian involved. And, you know, if you're listening and you don't know the full details of the trade, let me just rattle that off for you very quickly. So, Brooklyn- Where have you been? Brooklyn <laughs> received Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first round pick unprotected and a protected 2027 first round pick. Just huge hole. Philly received James Harden and to sweeten the pot, <laughs> I guess, Paul Millsap. Jackson, where where are you at with this one? Like, who won the trade? and like does is anyone has anyone redeemed themselves in all of this? 
Um, you know, Ben Simmons is going to take some redeeming. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. Um, I, you know, I'm talking like you know atomic clock levels <laughs> of movement here, but you know, I think it makes me hate the Sixers a little bit less. Oh, okay. Just because the stuff that's like like I said, I mean the the most minuscule unit of measurement that you that you can get. Um, I, I think it makes me hate them a little bit less just because the stuff that was coming out of ben, about Ben Simmons. You know, I don't want to like waste too much time going on about how much I t- detest the dude, but um, you know, he doesn't play for them anymore. Um, and conversely, he now is a teammate of Kyrie Irving. And if you can think of just two guys, like name any two play basketball players that, you know, just, just really, really just piss me off, like one A and one B. And they're now on the same team. Um, so look, as far as who got better, I think, I think Philly wins the trade. Actually, no, sorry. I think the Nets win the trade. I think they got, I think the draft capital that mm-hmm. they got, the fact that, you know, as much as I talk down to the dude, Ben Simmons motivated and playing alongside Kevin Durant and alongside, you know, an available Kyrie Irving, then, I mean, shit, that's that's going to take some stopping, you know? Yeah. Um, the fact that they got Seth Curry as well, too, you know, shit, Joe Harris comes back from injury, then, like, again, we said that they were unstoppable force before when they're fully healthy. I think they may have gotten stronger, to be perfectly honest. So that's a little concerning. But, I mean, hey, they've lost 10 in a row. They're yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not very healthy and uh, and and Kyrie Irving is continuing to make a dick of himself. So um, <laughs> it's hard for me to like really judge. Like I, I feel like I feel like they've both like you know just gone for like the maximum win now mode, yeah. and they're both going to flame out in a couple of years time. So whoever like wins that arm race, I'm not too sure. Um, my vibe is it's probably Brooklyn though. What do you? Well, think? yeah, at least Brooklyn got the picks. Uh, because yeah. in, in exchange of just insane players, we'll take your insane player, you take our insane player. One team is getting yep. the picks, and you know the the two insane players almost cancel each other out. So the person mm-hmm. who is getting the picks, or the team who's getting the picks, I feel like they they win that, but. I always feel like it's a little bit redeeming for Joel Embiid, and I am a on-record serial Sixers hater. I hate the Sixers more than any team I ever. Do. I feel dirty for saying what I said yeah. earlier, yes, but I... But <laughs> the way that Embiid has just kind of, like, stuck it out, he is putting... He's having an MVP season, probably his best season ever. Hasn't really complained. He's He's played the media side of things really well, and now he's got... You know they've they've gotten rid of Ben Simmons, who is nothing to them this year, and you know they had to give up a few other pieces, but they've gotten James Harden in return in a vacuum, in a basketball vacuum where you don't care about like teams and logos and and stuff. Watching Harden and Embiid playing together, I think, will be really interesting. Um, so it's a it's a little mm-hmm. redeeming for for Philly there. The Nets they're just piling on the crazy. I wish them nothing but suffering. And I hope that their team just blows up and um, and, and they achieve nothing. But they certainly have a bit of a hole there. And Ben Simmons will probably turn things around. Kyrie won't get vaccinated, but the mandate will probably get shut down. And, and things will probably work out for them as well. So it's really yeah. a loss for like other division rivals, right? In- including the Celtics, because we're a little bit fucked <laughs> while they are at the, at the level that they're at now. 
Yeah, unfortunately. And I like I buy into a lot of the conspiracy theory going around that they're like very happy with this slide, the Nets I'm talking about, to get themselves in the lower bracket so Kyrie can play maximum playoff games. I think there's definitely something to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's going to be interesting. In the meantime, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the pod, check out our YouTube channel, and stay tuned for Wayne Spoonie's new series starting tomorrow. We'll be back with a special guest early next week. Jackson, love your work, mate. Thanks again. Love you too. <laughs> Love you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, All sure. Right. Why not? Why not? It's pretty good day. Uh, until next time, go Celtics. Peace.